Okay. Here we go. You're gonna, it's going to be okay, Brian. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Everything's my fault, David. This podcast is my fault because I asked you to do it with me. <laughs> oh, why did I bring this fresh hell to me? Let's get started now. gentlemen welcome back to another episode of life's a wreck you know what i realized i forgot all of my notes david i had all <laughs> of my notes and i it's the one thing i totally forgot to bring up uh if you're joining us for the first time welcome welcome we're glad you're here we're glad you can make it hey we're happy that you even found us Period. This is episode I already forget because we're doing all of these out of order. My name is Brian Ortiz. My name is David Castillo. And welcome. What is the point of this show? Well, it's very simple. In my humble opinion as a human being, what is life? But nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another. Each week, me... And my hetero life mate, David, come together, who we mutually hate each other, to discuss a topic. And in discussing that topic, we learn a little something about ourselves and about one another. Because what better way to hate someone a little bit less if you learn about them? And pop culture, media, and art, and science, and books are the lubricant that we need to learn about our deep, dark-seated Pasts and histories, David, our deepest desires, our greatest fears, and all of your sexual intonations, my friend. You're really starting to scare me with this introduction. I, I don't know if there's like a certain direction you <laughs> want to take it, uh, where we just kind of have like really sort of NC-17 style discussions. Um, I don't think people are here for that, though. I think people are here for you to like explain why like... Tenet is brilliant, and I'm just there to be like, fuck all that. No, you're crazy. Again, once again, you have crippled my <laughs> desires to turn this into a BDSM podcast. But until then, each week, each one of us will ask us a question, and we'll learn something about ourselves. And today, David, is your day to ask me a question, and hopefully by the end, you will learn something about your uh, boyfriend from the other side of this chat stream. So, David... What question do you have for me today, my dude? Why would you boyfriend? I thought we were fiance. I thought you were my fiance. Maybe you got you have to earn that title, my friend. You got you can't just assume I'm your lover slash fiance. <sighs> we'll save that discussion for another podcast. Um, I, I didn't I, go I, on the trip to New Orleans, so where am I in this discussion? That's all <laughs> I'm saying, dude. Uh, you know, at least like you were theoretically invited. I, I don't know oh, how to theoretically like, I, I, invited. How was I theoretically <laughs> invited? You were thinking uh, about to, me? I was trying to turn that into like an inside joke about the time you weren't invited, but we'll just, we'll ignore that. That's that's drama. You cannot for, bring that up drama. every time we talk about New Orleans, okay? You have, you have to, you cannot scar me that way. David, what is your question for me today that doesn't involve bringing up my sordid past? Let me start my question off by saying that I was watching the 1990 film Gladiator with Cuba Gooden Jr., James Marshall, who's the uh, the kind of country boy from A Few Good Men, and Brian Dennehy. 
Not Russell Crowe's gladiator, to be clear. Correct, yes. There's... The only gladiator that most people know, <laughs> not the one that you mentioned. Yeah, okay, exactly. copy that. Right. Go ahead, continue. Um, and and so the, the film is not great. It's directed by the same guy that did Roadhouse. We're putting this movie on blast right at the top. Okay, but, but what to me saves the film, and this uh-huh. is like a problem I have with kind of modern day fight scenes. Fight scenes, I think, are a really unique way to tell a story. And just so many okay. movies just like go through these, go through the motions. And what I enjoyed about Gladiator is that at the end of the movie, and I don't, I don't care about spoiling this because nobody's gonna watch it anyways. Uh, Brian Dennehy, like it's a boxing movie, but at the end of the movie, Brian Dennehy turns out to be the villain. So just imagine Brian Dennehy playing the the big buff, you know, sort of action hero antagonist, okay. and that's what happens. Except they take the gloves off, they go bare knuckle. And I always appreciated that as they transition to bare knuckle fight in, there's actually like a, a kind of an intention to detail that you don't see in most movies with fighting, period, let alone like a 90s action movie nobody saw, where the the you know the fighters actually have to pay attention to like using their hands <laughs> at a certain point, Brian Denny blocks a punch with his forehead. Okay. And just smacks like the knuckles on the on the kid who's like, ah. And and it's I love the detail. Um, <laughs> I also love that Brian Dennehy pantses the kid in front of the crowd. <laughs> and, Damn, dude! And, uh, you got a crush on Brian it, Dennehy? Good lord! Oh man, he he's he looks like every union boss ever. I love the guy. <laughs> um, but my my first question is: What do you think is the most realistic fight scene in a movie that you've ever seen? Oh man, most realistic fight scene I've ever seen in a movie. You know, you start with like the first thing that comes off the top of your head. Uh, you know what? The first thing that comes off the top of my head, the most realistic fight that I remember growing up and seeing um, as a kid, and then I would tell people and I would talk about it and say, "Oh my god, that fight was so hard." Is the fight from John Carpenter's 1988? They live. You think it's realistic that somebody could take like ten nut shots in a row? Uh, yes. I mean, first of all, like the way it was filmed was real, like quiet and kinetic. There was no music. There was no like uh, uh, swooping shots of cameras. No, nah, dude. It was one guy smacking a dude in the dick 10 times in the middle of an alleyway with just with just groans and sweat and like dirt on the floor that they were rolling around in visceral guttural literally dick punching fight that you could possibly ask for dude and it's so good and it lasts quite a while on top of that it's not like a short fight real quick don't forget to tell people how it starts for those that either don't remember or like didn't see it 1998 uh they live starring uh rowdy piper and keith david uh two gentlemen who are in the alleyway and if you don't know the premise of the movie there is a culture of aliens that are on the planet who are using machines to hide and disguise themselves all the while putting subliminal messages that allow them to push the economy in their favor and control the world. They have a special pair of sunglasses that allows you to cut through the bullshit and see the truth. And it's a scene where Roddy Piper is just trying to get Keith David to wear sunglasses. And Keith David's like, dude, F off. And he's just like, wear the damn sunglasses. And then he just start fighting in the middle of this alleyway she's just trying to put sunglasses on another man 
it is a very funny scene for such a simple request, and it just ends with a vicious blow to the dick several, <laughs> several, several times. It's the most real thing that I could possibly think of. Can we? Can I just interrupt for a second? Because I really love where you're going with this. You like my dick references? Man, all of our conversations go back to dick every time. It's the, Why wouldn't they? I guess that's true. Why wouldn't they? Continue, there, there's David. no better source for comedy. Um which is that you you mentioned like the dick like I don't think it's a realistic fight scene which is kind of like what I'm really like interested in but the dick scene is very realistic dude if I could if I could knee a guy in the dick 10 times during a battle I would dude that seems very plausible <laughs> touche but uh I think the most realistic part is the idea of like fighting over something completely inconsequential not that there's not like not high stakes just that like sure why couldn't keith david just put the damn glasses on? i mean like what exactly would, what like but that to me is how a lot of fights start it's over just bullshit it's over things that we think are important that aren't it's it's that's a i mean re, yes i think that's one of the best things is what makes a good fight yes visually that movie is very tactile like i said and very visceral but the actual reason they fight not not considering the high stakes that are actually involved is a guy just telling another guy to put on sunglasses. It would be like me coming, it would be like you coming to my house. Uh, I'm like, David, do you want some water? No, I'm good. No, 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 David, let me get you some water. And you're like, no, I'm good. And I sock you in the dick and I'm like, David, take some fucking water. And you're like, I don't want any fucking water. And then we start punching dicks and trying to fight in my house and I'm flipping you. And I'm just like, I'm being a host. Take my damn water, you son of a bitch. That's, it just starts out of nowhere and most real fights uh can start from nothing that's not to say they don't start from something big sometimes you know like real reasons but there's nothing more real than a fight that is inconsequential to begin with and grows way too far way too fast i'm really glad we've connected gladiator which nobody like 1990 gladiator non-russell Cole gladiator with they live uh just because again unconventional fighting which i think is a characteristic of real fighting the fact that brian dennehy for one, would be a villain in any context in a fight scene. Two, that he pantses somebody in the ring, which you think of as like grade school tactics. <laughs> it's kind of like in like some of the Jackie Chan movies where like he starts tickling the, the sure. opponent. Um, Classic maneuver. And and of course they live, which is like, of course you're gonna go for the dick every time. Just like with our humor, we go for the dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, man, it's a good fight sequence. It's a really good balance of a being like visually looking real. Like you're just filming two like hobos fight on the street, and then just the reasoning behind it is also very funny to me and very realistic. So I'm ashamed to admit I've seen a lot of world star hip hop like street brawls, <laughs> and you know what, man? Like that's where they live. Like almost gets it right, except for the yeah. length. Like real street fights just end like after 30 seconds, and that's why you know what? Like um, I don't know if you can remember it that well. Goldeneye. Yeah, I remember Goldeneye real well. Okay, awesome. The end fight scene, I always thought was another good example of a, not the most well choreographed fight scene, but a realistic one where it's like one of the guys goes for the gun right away. Oh, the better yeah. fighter dominates all the whole way through. And it's just, and, and, and it's like lasts like a minute, right? It's not even a long fight scene. It's just like one guy getting the shit beat out of him, another one trying to use tactics, and that's it. So like even though yeah. Goldeneye is not like, I think, a great movie or anything, I always appreciated that about that fight scene at the I, end. I will say, though, I think it's the best of the Pierce Brosnan era. 
It really changed uh, James Bond for 1995, so credit where credit is due. And you're right. I actually think the fight between Pierce Brosnan and Sean Bean is absolutely fantastic um, because it is very back and forth. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't feel one-sided for the most part, like one's doing better than the other. Each one keeps winning up the other person until one guy gets a single advantage that changes the whole game for them. And it's a very... I felt like it's a really fun and balanced fight with a hell of an ending. By the way, you know... Uh, oh, God. A hell of a Sean Bean death scene among many. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, oh, my God. Absolutely. I mean, well, that's why the movie did well, because uh, Sean Bean died. Because we all know that, you know, if you, if Sean Bean doesn't die, your movie fails. But uh, rest in peace to the uh, that iconic observatory in Puerto Rico, man. Because as of recording this, it, it collapsed. Oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah, the cables broke after a while, and the telescope collapsed into itself. So it collapsed, and it's gone for right now. After decades, after just decades, and and made famous by James Bond, it is no longer, my friend. It's an end of an era, if you will, for us. That sucks. Dude, I love James Bond movies, man, especially Goldeneye. I remember being so pumped when I was a kid, and then they got worse and worse. But I'll tell you what, the older I got during that age, those Goldeneye movies, they were so bad. But they made out for great date slash makeout sessions, David. Did you know that? What is this like Wooderson style like logic with these Goldeneye films? Like, dude, nothing gets a couple, especially when you're like in the like you know what was I? I don't know, maybe the eighth grade or ninth grade or whatever. Nothing gets that couple more horned up than Pierce Brosnan on the screen playing James Bond in one of those latter terrible films. And because two reasons: one, he's hot. Two, nobody's in the theater because nobody wants to see that movie anymore. <laughs> Leaving it perfectly open for some deep tongue action going on, my friend. I got some very wonderful sessions inside of James Bond movies, thanks to Pierce Brosnan. Just saying. I, I can't there. believe you honestly think people wanted to know that. And, and they were eager to hear it and even agree with that logic. I, I think there are so many better movies out there like why would i want to make out during a good movie (laughs) david that's the that's the least thing i want to do in a movie man i want to watch the movie because movies are overrated because like and i think i think you don't give credit to like movies that play well as background still got to be quality you know if you're going to play a movie in the background it's still got to have a certain level of quality in the same way that that ambient music that you love so much from like back in the early 90s or whatever um same thing right like that like again you were never going to like jam out and like go see it at a show but if it was in the background hey nice little groove sets the mood i think your mood your background what movies are you have talking the exact about same. dude you don't want to be having things like schindler's list in the background while you're trying to put tongue deep down your woman's throat that's not background sound dude you want something that's going to literally fade away i'm sorry for your mate we need to discuss your makeout habits dude if you want to put on oscar nominated films while you're tonguing your girl i want to put on things like the thomas crown affair or james bond so it fades away and that's not the point it's not like we're listening to you know uh some barry white in the background or sade or something like that you know what i mean we're trying to we're trying to make out, David. I, I, you know, so I, then what is the perfect makeout movie, David? Tell me where now. What's the perfect makeout movie, my dude? None of them. Like, why, should, why are you playing movies on in the background? Oh, but my listen, God. Let's, not even, that, that's, that's its you own topic. You know what? Topic. I'm not going to put music on the next time you want to make out in my house. That's I'm not going to put any fucking movies on on Netflix. <laughs> no Netflix and chill for you, dude. It's just going to be straight up Netflix. I hope you're happy now. That's what you chose. <laughs>
<laughs> so are you a music guy? Do you want to put music on in the background when you're smooching and kissing and, and, and feeling all up? I, I am a music guy, but that, to me that has nothing to do with like you know, smooching and kissing. And I feel like this is just kind of this weird attempt to like reinforce our heterosexuality, which is completely irrelevant and nobody cares. I think everybody cares and I just want to make out with you. So you're being real mean to me right now, David. <laughs> you're hurting my feelings is what's happening. I'm trying to secretly find out what your makeout groove is. Is it A, a movie or B, a song? That's all I'm trying to figure out. Jesus Christ, man. I, 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 Live in the now, David. Live in the now. I, I, I can't imagine ever having either. I don't, I'm not a music dude. I don't understand when people make out and put music on. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just really weirdly distracting, and I think maybe they are they don't want to hear us make sounds. I don't know. It's very strange to me. Very, very strange. Well, I mean, like, as, as someone that uh, that is basically, you know, functionally a virgin, like, I can't really, like, relate <laughs> to a lot of, like, what does or doesn't enhance sex. <laughs> <laughs> Are you waiting for that special someone, David? To... <laughs> I'm, is that what's happening? I am, I, I am, wait, I am, I am boy defined. David, so, Mike, we, I, we could talk about they live to the cows come home because I honestly can. But what is your, what's your most realistic fight movie scene? Uh, you know, like I ha so I have uh, to to me like my my answer was Goldeneye. I have two serious answers, which is actually I don't even know. Maybe that was one of my serious answers. But um, I always really thought the um, fight scene in The Master, which is a movie I don't really care for, um, but uh, I always forget the actor's name. The fight between Joaquin Phoenix and W. Earl Brown in The Master, like that. It looks like they really just like kind of threw a couple punch because like it's a typical fight, right? Like. You start kind of like pseudo wrestling, kind of jockeying for position. Maybe a punch or two gets thrown, and then it kind of ends. Yeah, that to me is like just the example of like the most real. Also, I would put like um, Saving Private Ryan up there. That uh, knife knife fight scene at the end oh, with Adam dude. Goldberg and the and the German. Don't. Oh, what is wrong with you? That Are you scene is so Are you good. experiencing emotions right That's, now? Oh, man, that scene got me as a kid. Like. Oh, that one hurt, like in a good way, right? Like in a movie way. Yeah. Oh, dude. I just remember sitting in the theater screaming at the screen because it was just one of those, the whole <laughs> setup and situation of letting the person go and then they come back and he kills the guy. Oh, my God. And he just pushes it so slowly. Oh, it's one of the, it's such a memorable and, and, and just ugly fight sequence that ends with such a gut punch that it stayed with me for so long. Oh, I, I think that was probably the most realistic reaction to like right before you get stabbed that I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it was just, hey, wait a minute. Wait a second. Let, can we talk about this? Let's just talk about this. Um, which is actually the same thing Harrison Ford says to John Leguizamo in regarding Henry before Leguizamo shoots him in the head twice. Um, I always like making references to regarding Henry because I feel like nobody yeah. saw it, but Leguizamo does Harrison Ford dirty. Unlike Greedo, he does not miss. Adam Goldberg is the guy that reference. gets stabbed in the knife with the knife, right? Yeah. Man, shout yeah. out to Adam Goldberg for that performance. I fucking love Adam Goldberg in almost everything he does. And and that was one of those truly next level performances for me not only in a fight, but in a death scene on top of that because you talk about memorable death scenes. That's one that Again, I had not seen that type of death scene with that type of acknowledgement behind the eyes. Man, that really hit me where I was just, I never forgot that fight scene. I don't know why you just like gloss right over the Leguizamo references. Like I, I, 
Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You want me to talk about the movie that yet. nobody has ever seen <laughs> except you? I have to please just you. I have to think of the audience, David, and rein you back into worlds where you know movies people take... have seen. Uh, I'm sorry. We we can't talk about movies that star Brian Dennehy. Now who's no? The... We can talk about movies that star Brian Dennehy. Look, we already gave you Gladiator. Calm down. A movie that okay. nobody saw right. from '95. I thought you were going to bring up Rambo. But nope, you started off with a movie that you tricked everyone by telling them Gladiator, and then you pulled the old switcheroo and gave them the wrong Gladiator. Yes, I think it's it's a good like I, I like these references because like I feel like the kind of shit that people normally say is like, oh, what about the Dark Knight Rises? That Bane versus Bet. This is like one of the worst, least like. Imagine thinking you can generate power by punching someone in the middle of going backwards, as Bane does when he does that reverse spin and back fist, but he's going backwards. Somehow it rocks Batman, who's wearing this like heavy armor on his head. I, I, I think that's I think it's a well done fight scene, but just in terms of realism, it's just one of the lesser fight scenes. It's it's not on a they live level or private Ryan. Oh, no. Or, or anything close to that. It's a stylized fun fight for sure, but by no means would I call that a realistic fight. But I think it wants it wants to be realistic. I think it wants to have its cake and eat it too. Um, again, you're just, anyways, you're just shitting on Christopher Nolan again. That's all this is. But you know what? I'm not going to get into that, David. It's going to come to a head when we talk about Tenet, I promise. But um, uh, the reason why I asked this question is yeah. because... What I'm really interested in, and and as you um, as you know, yeah, I love to open up old wounds. Like I, I want this to turn yeah, into you're, like you're a masochist. Uh, yeah, like the the sort of psychologist couch, except without any of the laws, right. regulations, comfort that comes with that. And you don't heal me or help me. You just damage me <laughs> further. This the it's the best kind of psychology. So go ahead. That's that's. I mean, again, I I never claimed I I you know was anything other than. Um, an idiot. So. Oh, okay, great. It's it's not intentional. It's not intentional, right? Like, okay. I'm, I'm trying to help. Okay. Just in my own in my own way. Sure, monster. Go ahead. <laughs> so the the real question is, what fight scene most closely resembles a real fight in your life? Damn, I knew you were going to ask that question. I knew you were going to ask that damn question. I mean, um, I, we could, there, there are a number of different things, man. Like, I mean. Any, uh, I mean, okay, look, I'll, so I've, I have, I'm not one to physically fight. I am, I am clearly not a physical fighter, right? Uh, let me just, if you look at me, I look like a soft peach. So you damage me by just uh, saying a harsh word and my skin bruises. You know what I'm saying? More like a soft avocado. I, I think peaches. Is it because I'm Mexican that I'm an avocado, David? That's <laughs> so rude, dude. That is not where, oh my goodness. I'm a Don't peach, you that. son of a bee. I'm a peach um so that i never i really didn't have a lot of fist fights growing up i've had a lot of weird instances where i've gotten punched um there's only one time that i remember getting into a fight and i think it was like in the sixth grade or the fifth grade or something like that and i got my ass handed to me on a platter within seconds so any movie that has someone getting their ass handed to them maybe like Oh, maybe like a Brad Pitt when he punches that guy in uh, Snatch and the guy goes out like in one punch and he just drops back and he's down. That's kind of what happened to me. I, I don't remember the context of it. And I'm actually friends with that guy. And he's like a really good guy, <laughs> like a really good guy. Um, but we were children and it was so dumb. And I think I was upset about something and my friends had hyped me up 
way too much and I had way too much confidence. And I think I felt like I was offended, which I probably wasn't because I was I was an idiot. And I walked up to this kid in like the fifth grade and I called him out on it and I, I yelled in his face and in the middle of yelling, using my words that the that society taught me, he just cocked his head back and slammed it straight forward, straight into my fucking face, dude, and cracked my lip. You got headbutted? Straight up, straight up Chicano headbutted hard, dude. Forehead and everything. Lips busted, blood coming out of my mouth in the fifth grade. And in the middle of my harsh words, this kid laid me on the ground and I was like I have to go to the office and I was crying and boogers on my fucking nose were mixing with my blood and I had to call my mom and my mom was like you freaking idiot and the office was like what the fuck is wrong with you kid and uh, from that day forward I never wanted to get into a fight <laughs> How can you call yourself Chicano, man? You got you let yourself get headbutted, didn't even throw any punches. Hey, Chicanos back. can use their words too, my friend. Okay, we don't all have to be physical. <laughs> I thought I was being clever with my harsh words. That's how you fight with harsh words, David. <laughs> oh my God, I I'm I'm really sorry to hear, man, because it's like a headbutt doesn't even give you a chance to fight back, right? It's like, whoa, this person's clearly unhinged. That they just like just project. And like shoot their head straight into my lips. And I'll be honest with you, to be and clear, probably cracks of teeth. I'm gonna put it on record. If they ever hear this, they were <laughs> they were 100 probably in the right, and I was probably 100 percent in the wrong. And they and I deserve to get my face smacked in. They taught me a lesson, and I've listened, and I've never done it again. I have been sucker punched very aggressively but i've never got into a, an actual fight fight i've stood up to people i've like you know peacocked my chest out and be like back you know back off and i try to have a handlebar mustache <laughs> so i look more menacing than i am but i've never gotten into a fist fight or or old classic classic fisticuffs david so, so real quick i was referring more to when i t talked about chicano i was referring more to the like there's a proud tradition of mexican boxers it's like Hells, yeah. one of the few sports that, that we do that mexicans do dominate not, that's not me and, and so it was just kind of like you know brian listen you don't have to be the next eric morales or antonio marco antonio barrera but at least i don't know those names at least throw a punch back at least you know provide some so i think it's interesting that in both of these i don't need to live your stereotype david okay <laughs> i live my own chicano stereotype all right Okay, but but I but the reason why I ask is because I'm curious, man. Like, is do you think that is do you feel like fighting is something that, um, like within it is embedded like certain like do you okay so do you feel like somebody that has tried to fight you or fighting in general is also like fighting a kind of way of thinking that you happen to find repulsive. Oh, am I against fighting? Do I find disdain in fighting and the culture around fighting? Yeah. Gotcha. You know, the, the no, I, I don't, I don't. I know this sounds terrible, but I think in, in our time right now, fighting is a part of humanity. I think there is definitely honor in a good fight, you know, uh, as a professional sport, I think that's that's fine. Which I wish never had it wasn't. Yeah, never, and I never had a professional <laughs> career in it, and I never will. Uh, thanks to my soft peach body slash racist avocado that you called me earlier, and I don't feel like 
it's it can it can be negative and i'd love to live in a world where there is no fighting humans but are right now the human is wired to fight whether it be through protection or fear or anger or revenge and fighting in those negative contexts is disgusting it really is i don't want people to fight out of revenge or destruction or for pain or for hurting somebody i don't want to see a guy beat on a woman because he feels inferior so violence is his way of acting out on it and vice versa i don't want to see that there can be honor in a good fight it can be cathartic it can be lessons learned like my fight was not of honor in any way shape or form but i did walk away with a newfound respect for getting my ass handed to me and it taught me a lesson for the rest of my life could you argue that it's a good thing that it happened yes did it ha did i wish it didn't happen absolutely i i love this guy and i don't want to like ever say bad things about him again because he's a good man so it's hard because there's the debate of and i ask you this humans i think are wired to fight but i would love to see a world where there is no fighting words are better discussions are better and actions are better i just wish that it wasn't so destructive in our world and more people could respect it does that make sense we have a long history of fighting whether it be duels or battles that end in death but instead it would be nice if it was treated professionally like in some type of sport even though i don't like seeing people get hurt or if it was done for some type of professional honorable cathartic reason i uh i think i think we're wired to confront not necessarily fight uh, to me like fighting implies like a, a violence that i don't think we're as wired toward as as maybe you know some like anthropologists scientists would suggest because there are also a lot of scientists uh anthropologists who like just feel otherwise don't feel like fighting is necessarily like coded into our dna but confrontation absolutely um i, I think we're absolutely wired for and the um and the reason why i ask that is because i i'm curious if you feel like <laughs> the lack of because i sometimes wonder if like because i have been in in a fight like a, like a real fight. Oh, excuse me. I'm, it's totally stupid. <laughs> right? I, no, no, I want to hear this like... story. You Now, you've brought it up. Now, I want to hear the fight story for <laughs> David. Tell me your story where you kicked ass and mine sucked. Please, I would love to hear this. <laughs> I, I didn't kick ass at all. Well, for, for one, like, you got to remember, too, like, my dad was an amateur boxer. Dope. Okay? Very cool. He wanted, when, so, like, he wanted, and he was good, too. Like, I saw video, like, he, he fought ranked fighters of his time. A anyways... He was good too, and he wanted me to be a boxer. Okay, so you trained. I'm guessing you did a little training. So yeah, so when I was young, so my dad really wanted me to be a boxer. My mom was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? You're not gonna my 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 hijo like get brain damage just because just because you want to relive your glory days? What are you insane?" And and of course, you know, my dad's just like, you know. It'll be good for him, you know. Man. Let, let let me kick his ass some a bit, a bit, and you know that that'll. Just... Oh dang! <laughs> yeah, no, like a hundred percent. Like we, you know, my dad and I, um, you know, had got, you know through some chingasos, as they say in the valley. <laughs> and uh, jeez, but but my my point is that like I, I some like again, and I'm not trying to like extrapolate this into some sort of large psychological phenomenon, but I do wonder if like well. Maybe having some of that early on, like, made me a little bit more mellow in terms of, like, psychological warfare. Because in general, like, I'm not, like, the passive-aggressive type. 
I get mad at things, but I get mad at like the big things, you know, like whether it's politics or or philosophies that I hate, uh, Elon Musk, whatever the case may yeah. be. So, um, so I'm curious if like if you feel like well, okay, yeah, I haven't been in, like a physical fight, but psychologically, I fuck some people up. I'm curious if Brian, if you can maybe just full confession right now, like yeah, you know, like yeah, I maybe didn't throw punches at anybody, but like. I hurt them pretty bad. First of all, I want to hear the story of your fight because now you, you're sneaking away from it, and I want to hear your – okay, we got it. Your dad was a dope-ass boxer okay, who okay, showed okay. you up. But what is David's actual fight where you pulled out them oh skills God. and knocked ass? That's what I need to hear first before I go on. Okay, so I, I feel like that was a pretty deep question. I can see why you just totally avoided it. Um, so my, my fight was just like in the gym. So I, uh, and it was like uh, I think sophomore year of college – um, I was going back and forth between San Antonio, where I went to college, and Dallas Fort Worth, and I was and I I, I loved jujitsu. Like that was I started watching the UFC like when it was like available at Blockbuster. So I, I wanted to be like, oh man, I could be Hoist Gracie. That's so badass. I could like choke people with my legs, even though I'm like laying flat on my back. This is cool as hell, right? Okay. <laughs> and so anyway, anyways, when I went to when I was doing training, it was just in the middle of training, and. Uh, it's kind of like, kind of like the whole sunglasses effect, right? Like, hey man, you're grabbing my belt. Like, well, yeah, so we're, we're supposed to, you can grab belts. You know, this is not like no gi jujitsu. And it's like, fuck, you don't hold my belt. I'll hold your belt however I want. You know, real like, kind of okay. like low key sexual, you know, we're trying gotcha. to like ignore that. So that's when it just turned into like a full on like jujitsu, just full on like MMA match. And it was a kind of like dumb thing where it's like, it, getting in a fight is like there's nothing noble about it it's just messy right it's like you just you start chucking punches because you think maybe one of them will hurt and then when the guy's not like laying flat on his back like you see in the movies you're like oh fuck maybe we should do something like a little less violent let me go for a take let's wrestle <laughs> you know you kind of switch between did you, like did you win that fight david it, it got broken it's so punches got exchanged <laughs> uh we wrestled and nobody ended up on their back and then like obviously like everybody just split us up sure. they're like whoa 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 hey this is this is jujitsu not the octagon sure um and and it's 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 not one of those things you're ever like proud of I, it, like the height of like meathead culture is like bragging about like times you got in a fight because it's lame it's like you letting your emotions get control of you and people usually get hurt you know especially yeah. like in, in I mean, I was lucky that it happened in a dojo. Um, but so is um, it bad that all of my think, bragging comes from me getting my ass kicked all the time and not we winning any physical fights? Does that like lower <laughs> your? Does that lower my status in your life, David? That everything I have to say is like, oh, I got sucker punched in the face, I got hit in the gut, I cried on the floor and crapped myself. Like, is everything that I have pathetic? Uh, is that cool to say, or does that make me weird? It is. It's. It is totally cool to say. I just wonder if that has a psychological effect. Like the fact that you didn't punch back like means right. you maybe like developed other weapon. You know, like I, I think, you know, we talked about like what's wired and I think weaponry is maybe like coded in our DNA, whether it's weaponizing our fists or our words. Like I said earlier, I was a man of words. My mother taught me to use my words. Um my father taught me nothing because he wasn't there. <laughs> so I used words to like fight. Um, the times that I tried to fight, and I was even, I was even. Another beats deadbeat dad humor. Exactly. Ha! Catching you there, folks. 
Uh, nothing I ever did helped me. I even did uh, karate, and I got my ass whooped way too many times, and eventually I had to leave the program. I got uh, I got into a fight in band, and yeah, folks, band people fight. So you just snicker all you want, but we have emotions too, okay? Um, it's all not just like sexual exploration in the back of the practice rooms, folks. It's all about fighting. Um, Stop pretending like it was really the American Pie experience. Were you in band? No, I was not. Then you don't know about the sex that happens in the back room, David. Don't pretend like you know. But I played football. We picked on people that were yeah, in Yeah, and you did the wrong thing. If you wanted to <laughs> score, you should have gone into band, but instead you wanted to touch boys and touch peepees all day. So that's your jam. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, we were supported 100%. I just haven't wanted to get it on with girls in the middle of band class, okay? Boys didn't come until college. Uh, I'm glad you added that asterisk. Yes, because you shouldn't judge me for that. I don't like, judge I, you. I did want to see You're judging me by saying, "Oh, there's no sex in band class." There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, dirty entendres and uh, triplees and all kinds of other crazy things. I I banged on a few timpanies in band. Okay, let's just say that you got you, you got to remember. I grew up on '90s stereotypes, though. Okay, so that, yeah, that's clearly. like that's where my mentality. <laughs> uh, my words were my only tools because I've. They've always been my only tools. I'm an ugly fat kid, so like the only way I could get dates or fight somebody was I either had to charm somebody for a month or two before I could get them to go out with me, or I had to use my words to do, to try and demolish someone mentally, which then usually ended to them like punching me in the face. So that has happened a lot more often and I because I don't really want to throw a punch. And I had very strong friends who I would fight. And let's be clear. If somebody was in trouble, a friend or anybody else, and it had to come down to a fight, I'm ready to get my ass kicked. But in the process, try and protect the people that I love. 100%. That instinct is like so you wired got my back. into me. Like in a bar fight, you got no, my back. No, I don't have your back. I will film you getting your Damn. ass kicked. And then I will report that to the police, and then I'll put it up on our page for all of our viewers to see. And I'll feel real bad about it, though. I'll tell you what, David. I'll feel real bad about it. But you seem like a dude who's trained by his boxer father, so maybe I don't need to help you in this process. Think about that. So um, psychologically, man. Oh, yeah, all 5'7", 150 pounds of me. That's, yeah, hells yeah, dude. The ultimate weapon. Maybe you're the Bane, and everyone else is the weak Batman in this situation. Think about that, David. Maybe you're the bane. <laughs> to answer your question in the end, David, like I feel that words are better. I have won many arguments with people. I have hurt people that I am. Uh, I, I'm sorry that I have using my words. Um, sadly, sometimes there are the people that are closest to me that I've hurt the most because we're so close. Whether it be best friends or ex-girlfriends or ex-lovers and partners, those are the people that tend to hurt the most because they're the closest to us. But I have defended my friends. I have defended the honor of my girlfriends in the past with my words and, and demolish somebody. Luckily, I was also smart to set up the situation so I wouldn't get physically hurt. I put myself in a place or an environment or do something so they couldn't. So I try to use my brain as much as I can because I don't have the body. So I got to use the brain, my dude, to try and fight, to try and survive. Otherwise, I'm a great punching bag. I mean, that sounds like the logic of like every 90s supervillain ever. Are you saying I'm a supervillain? Like <laughs> Look, we all can't be Superman. Some of us have to use our brain power. We all can't be Bruce Willis. Some of us have to be Mr. Glass. It just happens. 
Am I the bad guy? According to some people, maybe. Am I not the bad guy? I don't know. So, you know, I, I wonder, though, if that maybe, like, causes... I, I really want to, like, get at something deeper, but I'm just not smart enough what to do What are you do trying so, to ask me? Which is that, like, does it ever, like, force you to reflect on, like, how you use those words? Like, knowing, like, hey, maybe sometimes I'm pretty good at, like, hurting people with words. You know what? Maybe I should rein that in in the same way that like I check you know, if you're myself alone you don't want to use like, I check myself every time I've hurt somebody or hurt myself in the process every time I self I'm not embarrassed to say that I suffer from uh so, some depression I have a lot of anxiety um and I control a lot of that to the best of my ability to survive as a functional adult a functional adult but every time I have hurt someone, and again, I relate this mostly to ex-girlfriends because those are the most passionate, obviously, or things with my family. But like the ones that I've hurt the most, the, the ones that I love, that I think about every day. Not a day goes by that I don't remember the vicious words that I used to either end something or hurt somebody because I was hurt in retaliation. And I feel like I used my, my one weapon that I have too much and crossed too many lines. And it haunts me every day day and not a single moment goes by where I don't wake up and remember all the mean things I said so it takes a lot for me to remember reflect understand grow and move forward every day it's very painful many out there maybe know what I'm talking about Uh, maybe some don't and that's fine and that's okay Uh, but there are people out there who know what I'm talking about it's this collective memory that you can't forget those that have hurt and so I have to deal with it every day. I don't like it. I don't like it. And that's maybe why fighting is potentially more cathartic and straight to the point and done. Because words can last a very long time and words can hurt emotionally, whereas the physical body can heal over time. And again, I'm not speaking across the board, but I'm just saying in general, sometimes maybe a fight is not a bad thing between two people who can do it, you know, not one-sided because that's just abuse. But like a good cathartic fight can clear the air, but words can really destroy and burn down buildings and bridges and relationships. And sometimes I feel like that's what I have done in the past. And uh, it's not fun, man. It it really can, um, it can be, it's very painful every morning. It's painful every morning, but I get up and I move forward. I really need to ask you this personal question. Really like every day? Every day. Like this is not every day, but like every day. Do you think it hurts more that you reflect on that every day as opposed to the things that I can't said? explain why it happens, what what happens to me. I don't know if it's I'm wired that way or I was just, you know, learned it through environment. But those heavy moments in my life, why I may not remember the details completely, like the words and everything I said, the harsh emotion is attached to me and I feel it every day I wake up. I see the faces. I feel the feelings. I remember the emotions and then the pain. And then I have to move on for my day. It's embarrassing, but it happens. And I need to stop pretending like it's an embarrassment. It's just a part of life. And I shouldn't be ashamed of it, nor should I be shamed for it. And I think those out there who feel that should not feel ashamed. Instead, I've learned how to cope with it. And and I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I don't try to find destructive ways, except maybe by way too many Blu-rays and way too many comic books. And I eat too much. But... I try, if you can't afford it, if you're able to talk to somebody, whether it be a professional or a confidant, 
that can help guide you or at least give you a release valve for these things, I think you should. Um, bottling things up is what I used to do, and I don't think it's safe, even though I still do it at times. But saying it out loud, saying it in the public, saying it to you, saying it to people who are listening, gets it out there in the world and makes it a little less painful to wake up because you're acknowledging that it's there and that's okay. So long as you learn from it and you're able to uh, move forward and be a better person at the end of the day. That's really well said, man. And, and able to say it. I think, I think a lot uh, should be said for the fact that like you can recognize these things and like recognize that part of the challenge is forging those new, new emotions, like the emotions for tomorrow and, and the words for tomorrow that are a little more refined than they might've been yesterday. And so, you know, when I, you know, we joke about fighting and, and the, the physical aspect and it really like I, and the dick smashing and the dick smashing, especially. And I, I think it's really kind of more of like, it's, it's not necessarily like physical. It's more about like, I think of a fight, think, think about the fight itself, right? It's really kind of how the decisions you make in reaction to crisis. And when viewed in that context, I think you can apply it to a lot of things, like whether it's like the coronavirus or whatever the case may be. But it's like, you know, can you can you make it's not even about making the critical decisions, but like, can you realize like what's it? Can you recognize a crisis when it's there in front? Mm. Of you? Like that's the sad and that's so sad about like nowadays where, you know, it's just. Even at a point where like numbers keep rising, people are still like, well, you know, fuck masks and I want my freedom, you know, and it's just it is I I can't imagine having like that to me. These are always the people that talk about like somebody else, you know, like the fight for freedom. And yet they can't do the most basic fight of wearing a fucking mask. True. Like, I mean. You know, so so that to me is is when I talk about fighting, that's kind of what I really mean, and um, and I, I think it's it's the kind of thing that I think about <laughs> because of the coronavirus, but also like it can be applied to a whole lot of other things. And at the end of the day, if you are in a ring and you don't follow Brian Dennehy's lead and pants the person in front of you, then you haven't learned anything. David, that is deep as hell and somehow you have related all of my emotional breakdown to Brian Dennehy pantsing someone in the ring so I think that's a positive win um, and at this point in the show David it's time to reflect my dude it is time for us to reflect and so at the end of our show we always ask this question David what did you learn about me today what, what did you learn about my life that makes me that makes you hate me a little less you know i i learned that you know what man you can't give it but you can take it and you can take it and you can take it and you know what i i pre like that's one of the things i didn't suspect uh, for one really good uh selections like i, I thought you were going to say some robert downey jr's fight as iron man and some okay, bullshit. okay like, i like oh, marvel God, movies I, get over I, it I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm done with this guy um, but, but, you know, like, man, it's, it's being able to, you know, learning that like you're a guy who's, you, you've been in the shit and, and you've made some mistakes and you struggle with them. And that to me is, you know, for all of the stuff that you say about like, oh man, I'm, I'm just a little, you know, fat brown kid, yada, yada. You, how you react to me describes a good fighter. Oh, 
Wow, thank you. Being able to being able to respond to crisis, being able to struggle, but not just like crumbling under that pressure. Because at the end of the day, you're still a guy. You got a job. Um, you got what I presume are good friends. Um, mm, I got you, and that's meh. You know, you got you got an awesome mom, even though I've never met her, which really like offends me. I haven't me, met but, your parents. Um, Let's all calm down here. You're invited to my I'm Christmas dinner. I'm going to dinner, come man. to this dinner. I want to try the cornbread. So we've already talked about this. The Mexican cornbread. We'll talk yes. about Mexican really cornbread eat- another time. I'm not going to ruin it for people. We're going to talk about Mexican <laughs> cornbread. I promise. We're going to get there. All right. Um, David, thank you. That is, that is very beautiful, and I appreciate those words as always. Um, it's a real struggle. Um, you're right. I know it doesn't sound heroic, but I do feel like I am an eternal punching bag, both physically and emotionally. But sometimes, like Captain America says, I could do this all day. And I get up and I do it again, despite what the world tells me. I had all the respect in the world, and then you make a fucking Marvel. Or I'm going to cut that part out because what I said was dope. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you had a wonderful time with us. Uh, we talked about some serious stuff today. As always, David, you did a fantastic job bringing up wonderful conversation, a bunch of references I don't know for movies I never want to see. And on top of that, <laughs> you were able to learn something about myself. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you heard, please don't forget to like, share, uh, rate those stars, give us those five stars, give us reviews. If it's a good review, we'll probably read it on air. If it's a bad review and you give us five stars, heck, we might even read that anyway. I can't wait to see what those sound like. Uh, If you'd like to reach out to us with topics to talk about or things or advice that you would like to have, anything at all, please, you can hit us up at wreckthepod, that's R-E-C, the pod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter at RecThePod, R-E-C, the P-O-D. Hit us up with questions and let us know who you're talking to, David or Brian. I had a wonderful time. David, as always, I hate you a little bit less today, and I love you a little bit more. Uh, uh, my name is Brian Ortiz. And I am David Castillo. And ladies and gentlemen, we can't wait to talk to you next time. Until then, be safe, be happy, be loved. Find the people that you want to talk to. Open up, share, get that health out there. Mental health is super important. Please share any advice that you have for a strong mental health day. Uh, that way we can all be a little happier both inside and outside. And if you got to fight someone, don't forget, sock them in the dick at least 10 times. We're out, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by.